Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we'd like to discuss the details and mention it all. All right, let's get into the episode. So today I'm going to be doing a review of the Taylor Strecker show. She finally started her semaglutides or the knockoff of Ozempic. So I'm going to be doing a recap of her show where she discussed getting her first shots. Uh, But first a little personal recap. And then I also wanted to talk about some things that I've noticed in media related to diet culture. So let's see. So today it's Tuesday. It's super early in the morning. It's 7 a.m., which I usually don't uh, tape this early, but I've just got a crazy week and it's all getting down to crunch time to open this business in Massachusetts. So I just got to like kind of squeeze things in whenever I can. And so this week is going to be one of those crazy, crazy weeks where I just want to, I want to get ahead of things. I'm so not the person that likes to put things off and procrastinate. I'm more of like, get things done early. So I'm not stressing out about them and filled with anxiety about finishing them. So that is, I guess, a super human quality that I, that I am proud of, I guess, or I should say that's one thing that where my anxiety actually helps me. So anywho, uh, so it's Tuesday. I am, I'm feeling, I'm starving. (laughs) I'm I'm hungry. I haven't eaten yet. Uh, and I'm usually not that hungry in the morning, but I, I didn't eat that much last night when I went to bed. I was trying to get to bed early because I knew I wanted to get up early today and do this, but, um, but I'm kind of recovering from the weekend. So, so let me recap my weekend. So this, so Friday night, last week was also a really busy night or week. So Friday, uh, we had had a plan to go over to my friend Kate's house uh, to build vision boards. And she got all the stuff for it. She got some magazines. She got these little clipboards that she wanted to build them on. And I had already built a vision board with my boyfriend um, earlier this year, but I, I kind of wanted to update it, wanted to do another one with my girlfriends. I thought it'd be really fun. So I was very grateful to her for putting this together. She cooked for us. I actually just posted that on my Instagram uh, at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Please follow me. But um, I just posted a picture of the chili that she made. So she made chili with all the fix-ins. Now she is vegetarian. So as I got closer to the event, I'm like, oh, there's not going to be any meat in this. So it's probably just going to be beans, which I'm not a huge fan of beans, but um, I do like like chili flavoring, and so I knew like I'd at least like you know some of the beans would be good, and then you know I I knew that I would be able to dip chips into the uh, chili flavored sauce. So I was like, I'm, I'll I'll be satisfied regardless. <laughs> so um, she had all the fixings. She had cheese and jalapenos and chopped red onion and cilantro and tortilla chips. And I had brought over some jalapeno chips. And um, so yeah, so I just crushed a bunch of all that stuff in there. And it was very, very delicious. So I had that had some drinks. And so that was a really fun night caught up. And, uh, and then so but you know, I haven't been drinking that much. That was the, you know, the second time I drank in two weeks. And so 
Saturday. Now, if I'm eating a good amount when I'm drinking, I had three drinks and I also drank, you know, ate quite a bit of food with it. So I really wasn't like drunk. I was, you know, I had a little buzz and, um, but it was enough where the next morning, because like if, when I got home, I didn't like continue to eat. Like that is one thing that I've, I've been pretty good about not doing is like binging at night. Like I haven't done that for, for a while actually, which is, is interesting. Um, I, so that's good. So I, so I came home that night and didn't like pig out when I got home. I just went to bed. And so I woke up the next morning, you know, with a very empty stomach and feeling like I needed just grease. I was, I was hungry. And if I drink the night before, I wake up just wanting grease. And I had to work, I had to work that morning. So I just, sometimes I'll make like an egg on a bagel with some butter and that satisfies me. But I knew that this weekend I had the Sal's pizza still left over. Um, I had saved a piece. I forget if I told you about Sal's pizza. I can't remember. I don't think I did. So anyway, I went to the Sal's pizza that I'd heard had really good New York style pizza. This is in Gilbert. And they did. Like I walked in and they had these two square pieces called grandma's. And I was like, ooh, I want those. And they looked just like my what my grandmother used to make. And they're square and they're super thin and crispy. And don't they don't have a lot of cheese on them. They almost look like a margarita. But I also heard they call that the Sicilian pie, which totally makes sense because um, you know, my grandmother was a little bit Sicilian and she, um, she, that was the pizza she made. So it was so good. It brought me back. So I got two of those slices and then I brought home another cheese slice just to freeze. Cause I knew I'd want it at some point. So I ended up, um, cooking that bad boy up in the morning, <laughs> like seven in the morning, just crisped it to death in my air fryer and brought it out. Now I, I did post a picture on Instagram or at least my story. Cause it, it didn't look, I mean, Everybody that saw it was like, you burnt your pizza. And I'm like, I, I like it like that crispy. So that really hit the spot. It was so, it was like pizza for breakfast on Saturday morning. And it was everything. It was, it so satisfied me. And so that was a good way to start the morning. I kind of made a post like breakfast of champions. But you know, that's what I wanted. So I had it. Uh, so that coated my stomach. So I had a good day at work. And then after work, again, it's like when I get off of work on Saturday, it's like almost 4 p.m., you know, Chad's been out drinking all day and he comes home. He wasn't really feeling that well. So he, I mean, he would have done anything I wanted to do if he wanted to go out, if he wanted to do this, if he wanted to do that. But I was like, I don't know, I didn't really feel like doing that much. So I knew I did want another drink. So I was kind of feeling like hair of the dog type of situation. So... I made this, we didn't have a lot of, of, like I didn't have any Trulies that I wanted to drink in the house. So what I did was I took this little bottle of Prosecco that I had and I poured that into a glass because I didn't ha also didn't have any soda water because I wanted to make kind of like a creative drink with what we had. So I poured this little Prosecco bottle into a cup with ice, put some wild berry Truly vodka in it, and then put this frozen tangelo like I think I told you I'd made this these tangelo popsicles 
that I wasn't really eating because they were so tart. So I crushed those up into the drink and then ended up pouring some, some white claw over it. So yeah, so it was, um, I had like two white claws plus that. And so, yeah, I was feeling pretty good in, in a, in a little while. So that was like very creative drink that I made. And then we ordered, I think we ordered, yeah, we ordered chompies. So we ordered these, those, that fried chicken sandwich that I love. And oh my God. So I got this Napoleon. So I got this delicious, delicious dessert called a Napoleon. Again, put a picture on my Instagram. It's this layered custardy, flaky deliciousness with this delicious like white and chocolate frosting on top. Oh my God. It's so good. The only problem with it is it's hard to like, like break into with your fork. Um, Anyway, so, and I was already full from eating half my sandwich and I wanted to bring the rest of the half sandwich home for later. That's what I like to do. I like to eat half my portion and then save some for later. So I have something to look forward to later. Uh, and so I brought my sandwich and then I had, I had eaten like probably, I don't know, maybe, maybe a quarter of my delicious Napoleon cake. And so I was, we were packed. I was over at our friend Eric's house who lives next door. We went in this hot tub, um, just kind of like hung out, talked, me chatting him. And, um, and so, you know, having some cocktails, ate the food, and then we're trying to pack everything up. And I had accidentally left my bag of food on sitting on his couch. I'm so stupid. And he has three dogs. And so I walk into the house because we had walked our massive dogs over to his house. And I get home and I'm like, oh my God, where's my food? I like immediately knew. I'm like, oh, you know that feeling when you like leave something at the restaurant? You're like, no, my leftovers. So Eric is like, Eric had driven over all this stuff that him and Chad had bought earlier because they had been out shopping and, and, you know, running around town while I was working. And so he's like, oh no, she's, he's like, where did she leave them? He knew immediately that the dogs could get to them. And so he was like, oh no, he's like, I need to go check and make sure the dogs aren't eating them. So he rushed home. Of course, the dogs had eaten my cake. So, and I felt bad. A, A, I felt bad because I didn't want to get his dog sick and have him shit all over the house. But I also felt sad because I wanted to eat that cake. Like I had like saved a lot of the icing, the best part for last. Ugh. And now it's gone. So I probably will need to go get another one of those Napoleons. So I, I tried to look at the silver lining. I'm like, okay, Veronica, well, you know, you just, you aren't going to have that extra sugar in your system. And I was trying to console myself of that. But I was thinking about this cake last night in bed. I was like, damn it. I really wanted the rest of that cake. So, so three days later, I'm still thinking about it. Anyway, it's there if I want to go get some more. So anyway, so that, so we got home. So then Sunday, so Sunday I woke up feeling like I needed to make up for the lack of sugar that I didn't eat. And it's Sunday. And of course I do my whole thing where it's like my last day to eat sugar before the week. So I got to pack it all in. I don't know. I felt like eating a sub. I needed a sub. I needed to get some chips and I needed, again, I just needed to eat, you know, kind of indulgently on Sunday before I went back to eating very clean or whole foodie in the week. So I, I was like, I want candy. Like I wanted straight up candy. I wanted gummies. 
I don't know why someone had implanted in my head gummies. And so I was craving just candy. And then for some reason, I felt like eating a sandwich with chips. So I sought out this great sub, got a couple bags of chips to go with it. And when I'm eating, like I need to eat my sub and my chips totally alone because I'm the most annoying human the way I eat my sub and chips. I like need to like nibble on the chips while I eat a bite of the the sandwich at the same, like, so I take a bite of sandwich, then nibble on my chips like a little rat. And it's the most annoying thing. Like I can't eat like this in front of other people because it's too weird and it will annoy everybody around me. So I like have to do this in private. <laughs> anyway, I mean, that is my ideal way of eating a sandwich with chips. Again, I can only do it in private. So ate, so I had my salty chippy sandwich and then I'd gone out to buy, I got one of the bag of hair, my favorite bag of Haribo candy. I don't know what your favorite Haribo candy is, but mine are those raspberries with the hard coating on the outside, the red and black raspberry. Mm, so good because it's got the hard shell and the gummy in the middle. So good. But I think they, they has that, like that red 40 that's like causes cancer. So I try, try to limit how much I eat of those. And then I got some Swedish fish. And I needed some chocolate, so I got some Hershey's Kisses. And then what else did I get? So I got those. Oh, and then at Subway, yes, I did go to Subway. Embarrassingly enough, I went to Subway. The only reason I went to Subway is because I – so I don't like deli meat. Like I'm not a girl that likes dirt, deli turkey, deli roast beef. Like I don't like the texture of deli meat. I, you know, if I'm eating like meat on a sandwich, it needs to be like, like a fried chicken sandwich, like real, like unprocessed meat. I don't know. I don't like the slimy texture of, of, it's just, I don't know. So I, so Subway has a veggie patty that's, I love the veggie patty. It's so good there. So that's what I get. And I get all the, all the stuff on the side. I like ask for the pickles and the olives and the lettuce and everything on the side. And then I build my sandwich perfectly with a perfect pickle and olive in every single section of the sandwich. I'm very weird. I'm very anal. Um, so anyway, that's my weirdness. So I, so at the Subway store, I also got one of their white chocolate raspberry cookies and oatmeal raisin cookie. So at some point, once Cure Relief pays me, I'll be going to nicer restaurants to share all the delectable meals that I eat at these really great restaurants. But until then, it's Subway. Anyway, so that was that was my eating weekend that I, I, I mean, I ate all of that stuff in at, on Sunday. Now, by the end of the day, I was like shoving the candy. I didn't want this last bag of candy. But I ate the bag of candy. I mean, so, you know, I probably gave myself five cavities and went to bed, like, feeling just like, you know, just ate too much. But I did get all the sugar out of my house for Monday. So yesterday I woke up and I didn't go grocery shopping. So I'm basically just, I'm I'm going to, and I that was by design. Like, I didn't want to have a ton of food in the house. So this week I'm just going to, I have leftover, I have a lot of soup of this really good soup that I like. I have more salmon that I can cook. I've got bags of, you know, all my shake stuff in, in the freezer. I've got cooked quinoa left and cucumbers that I haven't eaten. So I've got all the stuff to eat really, um, healthy this weekend, very nutrient dense. 
You know, I started yesterday making some eggs with the quinoa and my healthy protein shake. And so, so I, I feel really much better this morning having, you know, depleted a lot of the sugar from my system that I overdid on Sunday. So anywho, that was my lovely weekend full of shitty food. Okay, so I just wanted to talk next about a few things that I've noticed from the media that stood out to me, both things that are kind of laden in diet culture, because I can't help but notice it now as I'm watching my favorite Bravo shows. And, you know, I follow a lot of dietitians and, you know, people that talk about health and nutrition, all the varying opinions on Instagram, because I like to see what's out there. And one stood out to me. So there's this girl that I follow. Her handle on Instagram is at no food fears. And she's a registered dietitian. She does have a podcast, I think. Yeah, food therapy pod. Oh, I should should do an episode on that. I'll, I'll go check that out at some point. Um, and so, so I, one of her posts stood out to me. And so let me see if I can find her name. So her name is Brittany Modell. She's an intuitive eating dietitian. Um, she has that she's a nutritionist. I think Instagram only has that as an option, but she's, she's an intuitive eating dietitian. So I'm assuming she is a registered dietitian, not a nutritionist, but I could be wrong. Anyway, so she made this post called, what is thin privilege? And so that stood out to me because it made me think about the episode I had done a couple weeks ago where I talked about um, like fat phobia and kind of admitting to my fat phobia. And yeah, of course, like who doesn't want uh, society to treat you well, right? Well, really another word for that is thin privilege. And so this kind of stood out to me as like, oh, that's really what I was talking about is the, that that is thin privilege is the better way society treats you if you're lucky enough, you know, to be born into uh, what society deems an approved body at this time in history. So, so this woman wrote, we cannot talk about eating disorder awareness without acknowledging the disparities in diagnosis, treatment, and care when it comes to folks in larger bodies. Folks in larger bodies are often prescribed eating disorders by their very own doctors and other healthcare providers. They are often taken less serious, seriously for symptoms of an eating disorder and are, are praised for their eating disorder behaviors. Thinness is a privilege in the world of eating disorders because you are much more likely to be taken seriously and get the care you need to recover. Less than 6% of those with eating disorders are clinically underweight. If we are going to discuss eating disorder awareness, we also need to acknowledge the healthcare disparities for those in larger bodies and how can we best support them in getting the care and support they need. Eating disorders do not discriminate, and every person deserves the same level of adequate, safe, and compassionate care. And so her post was, what is thin privilege? On the next slide, it said, thin privilege means you have access to certain resources and privileges because you are in a thin or relatively smaller body. Examples include the ability to go into any store and find clothing in your size, not having to worry about fitting into certain seats that are designed for people in smaller bodies, superior health care treatment, better treatment by society, 
People in the next slide, people in larger bodies face consistent systemic oppression and discrimination. Examples include being denied health care because of their weight, in parentheses, having to lose X amount of pounds to get a life-saving surgery. It's horrible. Discrimination in the workplace, fewer job opportunities and lower pay. Another one, unable to find clothing in their size and negative attitudes and assumptions made solely because of their size. The next slide, thin privilege doesn't mean you don't struggle with body image. It means you have certain privileges due to your body size that others do not. You can, uh, and then there's somebody named Christy Harrison that was quoted, you can have thin privilege and also hate your body. I think it's good that they acknowledge that. I mean, first of all, with the former slide, you know, people being denied health care because of their size, discrimination, discrimination in the workplace, you know, assumptions made solely because of their size. I mean, that it's really sad and horrible that that stuff happens in today's society. And it and it speaks to, of course, like who who wants to deal with that in society? Right. Nobody wants that. But unfortunately, there are some people that are just born in larger body sizes that has nothing to do with necessarily their nutrition level um, that are just going to be in larger bodies. And it's not fair that they're treated unfairly by society. And then I do like that they also acknowledge that, you know, people in smaller bodies also sometimes hate their bodies and beat themselves up just as much as people in larger bodies. So it's it's acknowledging both sides of it. It's acknowledging this, you know, all the messed up brain stuff that happens in our culture, what we put ourselves through, um, just because of all the, the, the diet culture in society and how we're just always constantly thinking we're not good enough and comparing ourselves to other people. And of course, comparison is the thief of joy. The last slide is, is another quote from, oh, this is, this is Aubrey Gordon, who I've done an episode on. She talks a lot about the disparity in healthcare and how fat people are often discriminated against in the healthcare system. She said, for me, being fat isn't about how I feel about myself. It's about how the world reminds me, sometimes violently, of my own inferiority and the ways in which even basic needs are withheld from me. That's, it's literally that breaks my heart to hear that. And it's a reality. Unfortunately, that is a reality in our society. Another side, you have thin privilege if you aren't afraid of being judged by your doctor or, t or told just lose weight for the 15th time. You also have thin privilege if you can walk into most stores and find clothing in your size. If you don't get a job promotion, you don't immediately think it is because of your body size. You can book an airplane seat without worrying how you fit. And so I, I definitely have thin privilege. I mean, and I will acknowledge even at my heaviest, okay, even when I was in, you know, 30 pounds heavier, I still had thin privilege, right? Like I was still in a body size that would be deemed societally approved. Now that's not to say internally I wasn't tearing myself apart. I would have those thoughts, like because I was self-conscious of what my stomach looked like at that time, 
when people looked at me differently, I'd be like, oh my God, are they looking at my stomach? You know, And it's, again, I created all of that in my head. Most likely people were not thinking that. But that is, you know, if you don't feel good about yourself, you can do that to yourself. And, but, but that doesn't change the fact that I still had thin privilege. So that's like what that other slide was talking about. The last, uh, another slide said, we cannot address oppression and discrimination without naming the privilege that contrasts it. That was again from Aubrey Gordon. And then it, the la, uh, another slide said, how can you be an ally? One, notice your biases and internalize fat phobia and begin to challenge it. Don't just make assumptions about someone based on their body size. Okay, I am starting to do that. Uh, ask clothing brands to have more inclu- inclusive sizing. I've not started to do that. Another way you can be an ally, call people out if you hear them making jokes or comments about those in large bodies. I definitely will will talk about it. Like, I don't necessarily call people out, but I'll be like, oh, that's, why do you say that? Or, like, I, w- I want to have a dialogue, not shame them, but just, like, have a dialogue about it so that, you know, people are starting to recognize, you know, what it is that we're saying like it's it's interesting like we were at our bravo night the other night with eating the chili actually i'll talk about this in a second um so anyway those are ways you can be an ally another one the last slide how can you be an ally continued if you are a physician or someone in healthcare, learn about trauma-informed and compassionate care also be uh, eating disorder informed watch your own language and diet talk You may have a really challenging relationship with food and body image, but that is very different than experiencing systemic oppression and discrimination on a daily basis. Now, I have to say that's one of the reasons that I I started this podcast, because I do like to talk about this stuff, but I can only talk about it in a safe space with other people that want to talk about it, right? Like this talk can be very very triggering for some people and some in some there's just no place for it in certain parts of our society like uh, and and so I still wanted to talk about it and that's again why I started this because I'm like there's other people that are like me that do want to talk about this stuff and we should we should be able to but again we we do need to do it in a way that's just not putting it around people that don't want to hear it. So, you know, respecting those spaces. So, and it's made me, made me conscious. I mean, I know how annoying this kind of talk is to people that hate it. It really, it can be very, very triggering. So, so I wanted to talk about that. And, and this leads me to talk about, you know, what I've been noticing in the media. So again, I just, you know, as I, you know, because of that RIP diets I did recently where Emily was kind of reviewing a Kardashians episode and, and picking out all the diet culture. Now when I'm watching TV, I can't help but pick it out myself. So I was watching Vanderpump Rules the other day. And I don't know if any of you watch this. There's the whole scandal happening. I mean, it's literally everywhere. It's like, wow, Bravo has really taken over. So there's this guy, James Kennedy, who's this like very young um, arguably good-looking guy who's just a, a jerk. I mean, he's literally says he he sticks his foot in his mouth all the time. I don't think he even cares. But he's like he's from England. I mean, he has like that cool English accent, and he 
he's always saying things like, so for example, just in this last episode I watched, he was like, he's just, he was making fun of Tom Sand, uh, not Tom Sandoval, but Tom Schwartz and saying, he's just slightly heavier living in this crappy apartment. So he's just like commenting, like tearing him down, like saying, oh, he's gained weight and he's just, the only way he's changed is he's gained weight and he's living in a shittier apartment. Like just making fun of him for gaining weight. He also used to make a ton of comments about his ex-wife, uh, not not James's ex-wife, but J- Tom Schwartz, who we just made fun of, his ex-wife, Katie, this girl Katie on the show. He always used to fat shame her. Um, he's also made a lot of comments. Like I remember I was watching BravoCon and he made a comment about like the older women in the crowd and just making fun of like older women. I'm like, dude, I'm like, that's your audience, buddy. <laughs> like you better not make fun of us older women that are watching you because we're the reason that you have a job. And so he just, you know, and, and again, I think he's just young and stupid and doesn't even realize what he's saying. Um, Another thing that I noticed, so Marisol from Real Housewives of Miami, she keeps making comments about both drinking alcohol and how she's not going to eat. Now, it did come out on the reunion that one of the reasons that she's constantly talking about drinking alcohol is because she's starting an alcohol brand. So that makes sense. She's, you know, kind of branding herself. Um, I think she's teaming up with Pitbull, so that should be pro- probably be very successful. But but the eating part doesn't go hand in hand with this. I mean, if anything, if you're drinking, like you probably should have a little bit of food in there. Um, and so like she was she was on her way to an event with her friend Alexia. And she's like, are you going to eat tonight? She's asking she's asking Alexia if she's going to eat at the party. And Alexia's like, yeah, I always eat. And Marisol's just like, oh, well, I'm just looking forward to a good cocktail. And it's like, I mean, to me, that is the joy of going to a party that's catered. It's like, what are they going to be serving? And of course, I want some cocktails. But the other great thing is like, what are they going to be feeding me? Like, what's the food going to be like? I mean, I, I, to me, that is part of the joy of life. And Marisol, literally, this is like the third or fourth time that she's talked about not eating or trying not to eat when they're going to dinner. It's, it definitely stands out. Uh, And so I just wanted to mention that. I mean, Marisol definitely does not need to lose any weight. She's so tiny. I mean, I know you're not supposed to comment on women's bodies, but here we are. Um... Kai, then another Bravo show that I was watching. Uh, I was catching up on my Bravo. Uh, Kyle from Summer House. So this was just funny because he's, you know, he's, well, it's, it's, it's fat phobic, right? But it's, again, we make these comments so we don't even know. And of course, I'm just picking up on them because I'm paying attention to this stuff now. But so Kyle on Summer House. So he gets shwasted. And at night, he's like, rummaging through the the kitchen cabinets alone at night just trying to find stuff to eat he pulls out a bag of tostito chips and he's like nothing more american than forming a chip into a spatula to get fat and he's basically talking about the scoops that tostito makes so that you can scoop up like more of the salsa i mean 
at the end of the day, that's not like the most fattening thing. But um, anyway, I think he's just making a comment on America and how America has an obesity problem and how we just form our food to make it more convenient so we can eat more of it and it tastes even more delicious. The American way. So anyway, I just thought that was worth mentioning. And then finally, just in my last episode, um, so I was listening to a podcast, the Skinny Confidential podcast with Lauren Bostick, and she had on Tracy Tudor. And I was I was actually going to potentially do an episode on this one, but I don't know. I decided not to. Maybe I will in the future. Anyway, Tracy Tudor is a woman who's on Million Dollar Listing. She's in, she's beautiful. She's a little older than me. She's like, she's 47. I'm 43. She's in incredible shape. I mean, she looks super young. I mean, she's, you know, she's in the LA scene. So she does, she gets, you know, work done. She does, she does all the things. She's very focused on maintaining her youthful appearance. She had gone through a divorce and is dating the, her trainer. I mean, it's kind of cliche, but it looks like they have a great relationship. Um, and she just, you know, he's her trainer and now they live together. And it's like, you know, if you have a trainer in the house, that's also very motivating. So he, she talked about what she does for working out. She'll, she'll like walk at an incline, like at three, between, I think like 3.5 speed, between three and five speed. And then, um, at an incline of between five and seven, I think, and she does that for 45 minutes. And then she, you know, she talks about how she used to do all the HIIT workouts and all of the, um, you know, all the really high intensity cardio type classes. And now she does more weightlifting and she's like, I've never felt better. I've never felt stronger. She's like, I have much less fat on my body now. And she looks incredible. So I was kind of uh, inspired by that. But anyway, she, what, one of the comments that she made was that Howard Stern, I think she says right now she's in like the 130s, I think. But Howard Stern, I guess, had made this comment that all women should weigh a hundred and less than 120 pounds. And so I would, I think I was hypothesizing about this on like my podcast where I was talking about like the scale and my weight set point and like why did I have 120 in my head as like the pinnacle. I think that might have been part of it is Howard Stern saying that because I was trying to like, look, where did I get this 120 number? Anyway, I think that might have been it because Howard Stern was a huge influence on me when I was in my 20s. I just I was obsessed with Howard Stern. I loved him so much. So I think I think that might have influenced me anyway. So I just wanted to make those comments on diet culture in the media. All right, and now let's get into our review of the Taylor Strecker Show, which is on Patreon. So I was very excited to review this because I've been waiting for her. She's been talking about getting the semaglutide peptide cocktail mix that Margaret Josephs gets because she, Margaret Josephs from The Real Housewives of New Jersey, referred Taylor to her doctor where she gets semaglutide shots. So and Taylor's been putting it off and putting it off. She finally did it. So I'm super excited to talk about her experience. Now, it's not Ozempic. 
Um, so she started talking about it and she is having some pretty intense side effects. So she said she's officially on Manjaro. She called it Manjaro. She's like, I am not okay. She said, I'm trying to acclimate to the side effects. She's like, I got my shot on Monday. She's like, I bought two vials and that lasts two months. She's like, it's super expensive. And she's like, you've got, you've got to do it in a certain amount of time or they can expire. And she's like, I'm feeling extremely nauseous. And she had Dr. Wider on as a guest. And so that was perfect because Dr. Wider's a doctor. So she was, it was a good person to kind of start talking about this and talk about the side effects. So Dr. Wider was like, yes, she's like, nausea is definitely the biggest side effect. And Taylor was like, well, the, the PA that, that, that gave me my um, instructions on the injections was extremely thorough. And she's like, my wife is helping me with the injections. She's like, I feel like I'm in really good hands at this doctor's office. She's like, they have great service. She's like, so I get this shot once a week. She's like, so I've just taken one. She's like, it's been 24 hours. And she's like, I, she's like, I did feel like my appetite was suppressed that first day. She's like, that might've just been in my head. She's like, it might've been a placebo, she didn't say placebo effect, but that's what that is. Um, she said, the doctor did say that it could typically take a while. It typically takes a little while to kick in. So that might've just been in my head, but she's like, I'm getting waves of nausea now. And, and Dr. Wider was like, well, the power of suggestion is something to consider. She's like, you know, she's like, that will make it worse. She's like, when you talk about being nauseous, your brain is going to react to that. And so that could be where some of your, some of your symptoms are coming from, truly. And Dr. and Taylor said that the doctor told her not to drink more than two drinks. She's like, you can drink on it, but try not to drink more than two drinks. She's like, usually that's just me getting started. She's so funny. She's, she's a drinker. Um, and so she's like, she's like, she, Taylor was like, you know, I know people, people have messaged me that are on this. And she's like, I'm really surprised at some of the people that messaged me that they're taking it because they're like already super fit and thin. She's like, but they tell me that they drink like a fish on it. She's like, and it still works for them. She's like, so, um, she's like, but she's like, I think that this, I will take this as an opportunity to cut back on my alcohol. Uh, she's like, so she's like, so last night I did have one glass of wine. She's like, and I did what my mom's always told me to do. I nursed it all night, which is very rare for me. She's like, but I'm really proud of myself. She's like, but that, she's like, even that one glass of wine, she's like, that caused me to have such a major hangover. I'm just like sick. And she's like, the staff at the doctor's office told me that if your blood sugar spikes and you start to feel nauseous, you should eat like a handful of grapes or sip on some orange juice. She's like, and that'll help you level back out. She's like, but I'm like, I woke up in the middle of the night feeling awful with night sweats and chills. And she's like, I ate some crackers. She's like, but I was up at like 4 a.m., and, and she's, she was con contemplating that it could be like side effects from this neurovirus she had not too long ago, but Dr. Wider's like, no, she's like, that's not the virus. She goes, this sounds like symptoms from your first shot. Um, and she's like, and low blood sugar can cause some of those symptoms. And, and, you know, so, so Taylor was like, 
well, you do have to eat. She's like, you know, they said that if you start feeling lightheaded, she said they, they, they're telling you like make a meal at that point. She's like, and when I did Weight Watchers, she's like, it's interesting because I tried to get a ton of protein on protein in, and now it seems like they're telling me to eat simple carbs that I would have avoided in the past. She's like, so it's kind of like flipping it on its head. It's weird. Now, I do think Taylor was a little bit, I mean, of course, protein is still going to be a good thing to keep your blood sugar regulated. So I think what she's talking about is they're, they're like, like a quick sugar fix can get your sugar back up quickly, whereas protein won't. So you, you know, if you're feeling lightheaded, you should eat something like that. But if you're also eating protein, a good amount of protein in a day, you aren't going to have those, those low sugar moments. So I think she still should eat a good amount of protein. But again, that's just me. Uh, so Dr. Wider went on to say, you know, OJ in general is not great for you because it is really high in sugar. She's like, but if your body is acting like it has diabetes, she's like, you may need to bring your bullet sugar up. She's like, it, you know, the Manjaro is going to lessen your appetite. She's like, she's like, imagine if... Um, if what they're doing is actually injecting something like a virus where you just get so sick that you lose weight anyway, she's like, but obviously she's like, that's not what they're doing. She's like, um, she's like, some of the listeners have written to me. She's like, and that is what they're experiencing. They're experiencing nausea, vomiting. Some people are having diarrhea and stomach cramping as the side effects to these shots. And they just, because of that, they have no desire to eat. She's like, but She's like, what's really important is that, you know, when you start taking these shots, you need to eat small meals and it is important to avoid fatty foods. Um, if you avoid fatty foods and you stay very hydrated, she's like, that can help you with this nausea. And, and, and she's like, the importance of, of water cannot be over, over said. And Taylor's like, yes, she's like, I have to drink water. You guys, I'm so sorry. Cause it is annoying when people drink water on you know, I, I try to like take a step away to drink water because it's super, super annoying when you hear somebody like drink water on, on a podcast, but she's like, she's being very dramatic. Um, so Wider was like, yeah, she's like, my nutritionist friend told me that, you know, my skin is so bad because I don't drink enough water. She's like, it's so, so, so important for so many reasons, but it will help you with your nausea. And Taylor, Taylor said she was prescribed Zofran, which is an, an anti-nausea medication prescription. And she had gotten it for Turks and Caicos and, or she had taken one in Turks and Caicos and they, she's like, it worked like a charm. Um, but the doctor's office warned her, like, try not to take it, like only take the Zofran in case of an emergency, like you don't want to get used to it. Um, and I don't know if the Zofran is like bad for you, but it's interesting that they were warning her so ardently, uh, but Taylor's about to go on a trip to Portugal with her friends. And so she was just really concerned that she would feel like shit the whole time. She's like, I don't want to feel nauseous the entire trip. She's like, I'm kind of mad that I, that I started the shots before it. And and Wider's like, look, it's same thing. It's mind over matter. You know, if you're traveling, you, it's probably a good thing because you'll probably be distracted. And Taylor's like, yeah, and I only have four of those Zofran. She's like, they just don't want you getting reliant on them. So I need to be, you know, really be good about only using them in case of an emergency. Um, and, and Dr. Wider's like, look, this will go away soon. Your body's adjusting. It's something brand new to your body. So it, it will go away. 
And Taylor's like, well, at least I know it's working. She's like, I was worried that it might not work. So um, she's like, my feeling is sometimes, you know, if you work out too hard, it makes you want to puke. So this is basically the same thing. (laughs) She's like, that's how I'm thinking about it. She's like, we're doing this for a reason. I'm, uh, you know, the goal is to lose weight. So, you know, no pain, no gain kind of thing. She's like, so I'm just telling myself, fuck up. And Wider's like, yes, just keep going. She's like, my therapist said the same thing, you know, when I've gotten over the fear of flying, you know, you will hit your equilibrium, equilibrium, your body will adjust. You know, you went through the neurovirus virus, so you can get through this. And, and Taylor was like, is this some similar to the keto flu? Like I heard that some people get this thing called the keto flu, where when they start keto and they deplete all their sugar, they, or what, whatever it is, she's like, that they get flu-like symptoms with body aches. She's like, is that like something similar to what I could be experiencing? And Dr. Wider was like, well, she's like, if your body is used to having a ton of sugar in it, it could be that your pancreas is adjusting and your, your overall body is adjusting. And Taylor's like, I usually drink a lot of wine and eat Twizzlers <laughs> before the end of the night. And so she's like, yeah, she's like, Dr. Wider's like, then yes, your body is, is detoxing from sugar. She's like, you're, you're going through a complete change. So, you know, your body aches. So your body aching makes sense. She's like, there, you know, there are people pushing back on these drugs, both, you know, people just in society, people in the healthcare industry. She's like, but the reality uh, is that these medications are so effective, you know, and there will be future generations of these drugs. You know, they'll, they'll tweak them. They'll be, you know, they'll, they'll figure out how to make them better and better and better. She's like, so there are plenty of options for diabetics out there. It's not like this is taking anything away from the diabetics at this point. Ozempic is, you know, the face of it. They kind of became that brand name for it. But she's like, there's so many brands. And then Taylor kind of went off, not on a tangent, but talked about how that she had watched this episode of SVU where these drug companies had conspired with the FDA to not approve certain drugs that would actually cure people of opioid addiction. And she, and Dr. Wider's like, well, she's like, the FDA is not, you know, meant to decide on matters like this. Philosophically, they're not, you know, supposed to be like, well, I'm not going to approve a drug that cures people because we want the drug companies to keep making money. And Taylor's like, uh, yeah, but we do know they're corrupt. Look at OxyContin. Look at the OxyContin issue and their approval of OxyContin. Uh, and and Dr. Wider was like, well, a lot of these early studies didn't look at the addictive nature of OxyContin. So, you know, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have been approved in the first place. And Taylor's like, yeah, right. So that's dirty business. And and then Dr. Wider was like, well, look at the erythritol issue, that fake sugar that they're talking about pulling off the market. She's like, it's in so many products at this point. It's in all these sugar-free products that are really popular on the keto diet. Um, and Taylor's like, yeah, like my brother got me off Splenda because he's like, it's so bad for you. Like you have to stop using that. Like I had a friend in college, this is off the podcast, but I had a friend in college that used to, she would put like eight of those Splendas in her coffee. Now I can't, I don't, 
I can't drink that stuff. It's gross to me. I mean, I might use a tiny bit of monk sh fruit sugar in certain recipes, but I very rarely use that stuff. I will buy some of the fake chocolate, but I don't, I don't use it regularly. Um, but her, but Taylor's brother had warned her because her brother's a doctor and he had gotten her off of Splenda and also off, her, off of Klonopin, which I was worried about Taylor taking Klonopin too, because they're saying that drugs like that, um, can cause dementia. So anyway, Dr. Wider was like, yeah, she's like, the question is why was erythritol approved in the first place? She's like, it's basically malpractice. She's like, now that's showing this clotting risk with the use of this increased risk of stroke. She's like, we see this in a lot of diet food and it's very, very concerning. And so you know, and, and look, this FDA issue, so what she's talking about, what's the, she's bringing it back to talk about, yeah, well, the FDA approved semaglutides for weight loss. She's like, so should I be nervous if they're approving erythritol, which really they should have looked at the studies closer and seen that there are these clotting issues. They approved Oxycontin as a less addictive drug. It's like the FDA is a little bit corrupt. Now, me being in the cannabis industry, of course, I have many feelings about this. And look, I, I, the FDA obviously has its place and we need, you know, governing bodies that approve of things that we put into our bodies. But I mean, look at the U.S. is way behind Europe. Like Europe has not allowed certain, certain food things in food and in skin products and in all kinds of things that the U.S. allows. So, you know, the U.S. is often in the hands of corporate greed. That And that's the same with the FDA. I'm sorry. But, you know, the people that are backing up these peer-reviewed research studies are pharmaceutical companies with a lot of friggin' money. So, look, that's just to say that there is corruption here. Um and so Taylor's saying, okay, it's a little scary that the FDA is approving these semaglutides for weight loss because it's like they're rushing them through. And it's what a lot of people have said, like that there are no long-term studies on this for weight loss. And people have to potentially have to be on this forever to keep the weight off. So, I mean, you think about FenFen that was approved and it we eventually found that it was causing heart issues. And so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the semaglutides do cause some pretty major side effects in certain people. Um, I mean, we've already heard that there's some gallbladder risks and there's other risks, thyroid risks. So, I mean, I think it's probably only a matter of time before we see some of these other complications. But, you know, to people that have been struggling with their weight, you know, they're willing to take those risks. So... Anywho, so Taylor was just like, am I smart to take this? Because they have, you know, you feel safe because the FDA approved it. But uh, yeah, they also approved these other things that are causing harm. So anyway, so Dr. Wider was like, I guess they tried to make the best decisions they can with the information they have. She's like, the FDA chiefs also can't work for the pharmaceutical company. So Wider, having been trained in traditional med school, you know, she's, of course, trying to have the FDA's back a little bit because that's been her whole upbringing. But she also can't help but acknowledge some of these hypocrisies. So Taylor's like, yeah, but can't they, can't the people from the FDA leave the FDA and then go work for Big Pharma? 
And Wider's like, well, actually, yeah. She's like, in fact, that's what happened with the last chief of the FDA. It's it's all fucking bullshit. I'm sorry, but it's so corrupt. And Taylor's like freaked out. She's like, if insider trading is illegal, then this should be illegal. She's totally right. I 1000% agree with this. It's it's all, it's so corrupt. Anywho, Dr. Wider was like, yes. She's like, and these former FDA officials get courted like crazy by Big Pharma. They get these multi-million dollar sweetheart packages when they leave the FDA to go work for the pharmaceutical company because they have all these insights. They have ties to the FDA where they can get things approved that maybe shouldn't because they've got the wink, wink, shake of a hand and, and people that they've they've worked with. It's it's ugh, this is why America is where we are. Anyway, um, so Taylor was like, did the FDA hook them hook them, hook them up during their tenure? She's like, Dope Sick covered this. Dope Sick was that um, uh, show on Hulu that was really good. She's like, I don't know if SVU is real, but she's like, my point is, you know, it's great that the FDA approved this, but they're probably just doing it so that all these companies can make more money. And Dr. Wider's like, well... She's like, you know, these drugs have been out for a long time. She's like, for for diabetes, she's like, a lot of unintentional side effects of these drugs are weight loss. So, of course, you know, they wanted to prove that it's safe for weight loss, um, you know, as a focus condition. She's like, so there are risks, but people have been informed of the risks. And Taylor's like, all of a sudden, she's like, am I on a cheap brand? And Wider was like, you're on terzepatide, which is basically Manjaro. So it's not semi, maybe it is, terzepatide is just another one of those compounds that they branded differently than Ozempic. So technically she is taking Manjaro. And Taylor's like, I'm also taking a fat burning shot. Um, she's like, I do want to have the doctor on that's that's giving me all these all these shots. She's like, we're entering this incredible phase in the world of anti-aging medicine. She's like, the technology just keeps getting better and better. She's like, I feel bad for the generation who look like cats because of old old school facelifts. She's like, my mom was like, if this works for, for me, I'm going to take it. So she's like, I'm kind of the guinea pig here. My mom's like, I definitely want to use that if it works. She's like, she's going to be so jealous that she didn't have access to this her whole life. And that's the, just the reality with all, you know, things is, you know, even in my generation, it's like, you know, I wish that I knew the dangers of the sun. You know, I wish I hadn't baked my skin with, you know, oil, baby oil poured all over it. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and all we can do now is, um, you know, take advantage of what we can take advantage of. I do think it's pretty extreme to take these shots. I mean, I don't blame Taylor for wanting to take them because she has been struggling with her weight for so long. And she is the type of person that's super, super in her head and constantly thinks she's judged. And it, you know, it, it ruins some good times for her. And I think she is someone that would be capable of, of losing it on her own through diet and exercise. I bet her body would respond really, really well to exercise and she knows that her body responds to diet so it's not like she's just stuck at this weight that she can't move although I think her her love of food I mean she's very similar to me in in how she prioritizes delicious food in her life which is again 
one of the reasons that I love listening to her so much because she loves food like I love food. And then she also talks about her weight loss struggle. So again, this is one of the reasons I love Taylor, love her show. And I'm super excited to continue to give updates on and hear about her uh, journey on these semaglutide shots. Um, anyway, so she's, she's doing it. She's committed. I mean, she's, she acknowledges that she may have to take these for the rest of her life to keep the weight off. And she's prepared to do that. I mean, it's a huge investment. Um, it's a huge risk because again, we, we don't have any long-term studies just specifically for weight loss. So anyway, I'm not sure if you can hear my stomach growling, but I need some breakfast. So I'm going to sign off here pretty soon. I do have some very good episodes coming up. Um, so again, on the same topic, diet starts tomorrow. Uh, the girls on there just did an episode on how Weight Watchers can now prescribe drugs like this. So I will be doing an, another episode on this. Look, if you're if you're sick of hearing about this topic. DM me, let me know, because I know I, I talk about it a lot, but I'm I'm endlessly fascinated in this. So it and these are typically my highest rated shows. So uh so all most of you out there are also interested like me. But if any of you are completely sick of it, please DM me. I do like to hear your feedback and I do want to put out content that you want to hear. Um, if there are any other podcasts that you've heard that you think are great that I would be interested in that you'd like me to review, please DM me. Let me know. I'm at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Uh, please leave a review for this show. Just scroll down wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave some stars. Leave a review. Uh, please consider subscribing to Craving More. Uh, I think this is actually, well, this is Craving More. So thank you for all of you who are subscribed. I really appreciate all of you. Uh, and until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.